0: Thank you for your presence. The Bible tells us that if we say we love God, whom we have not seen, but hate our brother whom we see every day, the truth is not in us. And if the God's truth in its entirety is not in us, we are not genuinely saved. We can have Christian symbols on our cars, wear Christian symbols, quote scripture, pray eloquently, and sing hymns and spiritual songs. But if we are not continuously living and applying God's word in our lives, We are not genuinely saved. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today. People recognizing that you
1: have been with Christ gives evidence that you love him. People recognizing that you have been with Christ gives evidence that you love him. Acts 4.13c says, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Can folks look at you and tell you've been with Jesus even without a Christian t shirt on? I think we ought to wear some, these folks wearing some crazy t shirts. I think you ought to have some Christian t shirts. They look at mine when I'm shopping and they, they say, Maranatha. And some people say, what does that mean? Uh, and, then I, and I can gladly tell them and quote the scriptures and tell them the origin of the word and all that kind of stuff. I think it's it's healthy because these people are wearing demonic T-shirts. I think you ought to be able to wear some Christian T-shirts. Matter of fact, are you ashamed to wear your Christian uh, attire? Okay, but even if even without a T-shirt and without a bumper sticker saying "Honk if you love Jesus," some of y'all need to the way you drive. You need to take that "Honk if you love Jesus" off because <laughs> you well, some of you driving like the devil. <laughs> <laughs> when you really love God, it ought not take for 50 years to find out you're a child of God. When you have been arrested by Christ, people will not be able to miss the evidence of God all over the, your life. They get, I can just go, I go into places and I been people. They say, you are Christian. And some of you can go, they get more specific. I can look at you and tell you, not only you're, you're a Christian, you're a preacher. I said, how do you know? I, I see it all over you. I don't know the person there. There come to restaurants everywhere. And I, I look at myself say, what's on me? Well, I have the Rome of Christ. When last time somebody identified you as a Christian because of how you act, because of your gracious attitude, because of your holy disposition, because of the way you carry yourself, because of your countenance, and they can spot you out a mile away and say, you are a Christian. How wonderful it is when people can recognize that you have been with Jesus. They see Christ in your speech. They see Christ in your conduct. They see Christ in your character. They see Christ in your attitude. They see Christ in your countenance, and they see Christ in your lifestyle. Wow. Number five, what gives evidence of a believer's love for God Is that he never tires of talking about Christ and just how good he is to him. What give evidence of a believer's love for Christ is that he never tires of talking about Christ and just how good he is to him. Psalms 107, 1 through 2A says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Oh that's that shouting word right there. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Believers should be thankful for God's love and his undeserved blessings, such as grace. We ought to be thankful for God's divine protection. We ought to be thankful for his deliverance. We ought to be thankful for God's divine patience. The truth be told, God should have wiped all of us out a long time ago. We ought to be thankful to God for answered prayers. We ought to be thankful to God for wisdom. We ought to be thankful to God for the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. We ought to be thankful to God for the Holy Bible. We ought to be thankful to God that we can come into the house of God with the people of God in worship. We ought to be thankful to God for our children and our family and our grandchildren. We ought to thank God for Jesus. We ought to thank God for Jesus who was our blessed hope and our sure, solid foundation upon which we can stand. My friend, you should not talk more about the virus. You should not talk more about COVID variants. You should not talk more about politicians and the crisis at the border and crime and the weather and China and professional athletes than talking about God. Some of you know sports stats, and, but you don't know the books of the Bible. You don't even, some folk don't even know that Genesis is the first book and Revelation is the last book. Listen, instead, we ought to lift up the name of Jesus and tell of his goodness. Let the redeem of the Lord what? Oh, I didn't hear you. Let the redeem of the Lord what? Oh, I think you can do better than that. You got to wake up now. Let the redeem of the Lord what? Are you saying so? Are you saying so because God is your rock? Are you saying so because he is your shield? Are you saying so because of his goodness to you? Are you saying so because God woke you up this morning, started you on your way, put you in your right mind and give you the ability to, to move your fingers and lick the tongue and, and smile with whatever you got in your mouth? Let the redeem of the Lord. What? Number six. When you genuinely love Christ, you, you continue to rejoice in the God of your salvation. When you genuinely love Christ, you continue to rejoice in the God of your salvation. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Not sometime, not every other week, not every other month, not once a year. Always. In the best and worst of times, we ought to be rejoicing. Now, some of you have allowed this virus, to stop you from living. Shame on you. Well, I'm going to just stay in until it's passed. What if, it, what if it's around for four years? Now, I hope not. I'm not, I'm not wishing it, I'm not praying it. I'm praying to God chase this thing away soon, amen? But some folk have already lost one year, 18 months, almost two years of their lives, and they have nothing to show for it because they have stopped living. And God wants us to press on. And when you stop living, it is, you stop trusting God. God has a purpose for you in the midst of this. This thing is no accident. It didn't catch God by surprise. And, and listen, you're here today because God has kept you. And don't you know God's going to bless your attendance today? Come on. There's some folk haven't been to church. Since the virus broke out back in 2020. But I bet they've been to HEB. I bet they've been to Walmart. I bet they've been out to eat. I bet they've been to a spa. I bet they had their hair done, their nails done. I bet they've been on a golf course. I bet they've been on a boat. They come to church, COVID. Oh, let's go fishing, man, on Monday. You do whatever your mind is made up to do. Philippians 4.4 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always and again. I say, rejoice! Now, some of y'all can't rejoice. And I'm going to tell you, what hinders believers from rejoicing in the Lord? Some of you allow some hindrances to interfere with your ability to rejoice in the Lord. What hinders believers from rejoicing in the Lord? Well, A, lack of rest causes irritability, irritation, uh, it causes stress, a short temper, an inability to comprehend, and bad decisions all come from a lack of rest. Some of y'all are tired. You stay up too late on Saturday nights and wonder why you sleep in church. Go to bed. Go to bed. You, you have to have rest. B. What hinders you from rejoicing? An entitlement mentality hinders believers from rejoicing in the Lord. An entitlement mentality. You can't rejoice because you feel so entitled. Some believe that because they give their tithes, they should have a say in how the money is spent and how the church is to be run. An entitlementality also leads them to believe that their longevity should be rewarded and that because they are in leadership, they can be bossy and tell others what to do. And when you bossy, you can't rejoice. Some of you bossy, bossy, bossy. See, a critical spirit hinders believers from rejecting, from rejoicing, rather. A critical spirit hinders believers from rejoicing in the Lord. A person with a critical spirit Uh, They are professional fault-finders. If something is not up to standard, you can rest assured they will find it and point it out to you. Now, they they can't tell you three points in a sermon, but they can find out, they can tell you what's wrong. (laughs) A critical spirit obstructs their ability to receive the word. A critical spirit obstructs your ability to worship, to pray, and to be used by God. My friend, the church is so blessed when you are easy to lead. Repeat this after me. The church Church of God God. is so blessed blessed. when when I'm easy to lead. Amen. D, an angry spirit keeps believers from rejoicing in the Lord. It is impossible to be angry and rejoice at the same time and some of y'all get angry at the smallest of things some of you driving driving you, you get angry at how your your spouse drives he don't turn there and don't go this way and you want him to go that way and why are you driving didn't you see that stop sign did you if you don't see let him get a ticket <laughs> let him get a ticket maybe then you can say i told you so you know <laughs> no i'm just kidding now no i'm mean, you uh, just throw that out there for what it's worth <laughs> I've never seen so many mad folk in all my days. Y'all, we have enough on us without piling on with our self-inflicted anger. Anger is literally destroying us. Some of you are angry angry because things don't go as planned. Folk don't perform up to your expectations. And you need to just calm down and realize God is in control. You know why folk can't rejoice? Because of worry. Worry hinders believers from rejoicing in the Lord. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Worry is an exercise in futility. Write that down. Worry is an exercise in futility where you turn the issues of your life over and over in your mind. It displays a lack of trust and faith in God It also subtracts from your life, it does not add a single thing for the good of your life. Worry keeps you from having peace of mind. Worry keeps you from experiencing contentment. Worry keeps you from having a sound mind. Worry will cause your problems to persistently trouble you. Worry will harass you, worry will vex you. Worry will bring on mental agitation. You know what worry will do? Worry will disturb your peace of mind. It'll mess with your capacity to think with clarity. G, a sinful lifestyle hinders believers from rejoicing because it erodes their relationship with Christ. A sinful lifestyle not only erodes your relationship with Christ, it destroys your reputation, it destroys your character, a sinful life destroys your dreams and limits your kingdom potential for success. Age. Spiritual regression hinders believers from rejoicing in the Lord. Spiritual regression. Beloved, you cannot rejoice when your life is in a backslidden condition. Every time you talk about Christ, it's what you used to do. I used to usher. I used to greet. I used to sing in a choir. I used to play an instrument. But what are you doing for Christ now? Many believers are spiritually non-responsive because they are backslidden. They lack passion for Christ because they are backslidden. Lack the desire to serve because they are backslidden. Have high absenteeism. When is the last time you've come to the Lord's house four consecutive Sundays on time? Got quiet it got then. Their life is without excitement and zeal for the Lord because they are backslidden. I, ill motives hinder your effectiveness and keep you from rejoicing in the Lord. Ill motives hinders your effectiveness, weaken your testimony for Christ. Ill motives destroy relationships. Ill motives alienate people. Ill motives causes strife. It hinders the progress and unity of the church, and you are more susceptible to be used by Satan when your motives are defiled. Beloved, make sure your motives are pure before the Lord so that what you do for Christ will be pleasing and acceptable before him. J, fear impedes rejoicing. Fear impedes rejoicing. Second Timothy 1, 7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, you know what's wrong? Some people right under my voice, by radio, social media, and all other kinds of mediums we have, the minds are not stable, the minds are not sound, because they've allowed fear to take hold of their thinking and of their mind. Beloved, a spirit of fear is not of God, but is from the enemy. One of Satan's primary tools he uses to paralyze and dominate believers is the spirit of fear. Fearful saints cannot rejoice. Therefore, move forward. Press on despite your circumstances. Press on in spite of your pains and hurts and misunderstandings. Press on in spite of your rejection. Press on in the midst of this pandemic. Allow nothing to separate you from the love of God. Don't get in a little corner and just go from the kitchen to the bathroom to the bedroom and that's your life. And don't hold your children hostage that way. You're teaching them To retreat, and they'll be, and you will have participated in their downfall. You stay out of church for six months, ten months, fifteen months, and then you make up your mind. Well, I think I'll start back now. I tell you what, your children are not going to start back with you, especially when they get grown. God cannot use you for greater things because of an unwillingness to come out of your comfort zone to come out of your little cocoon, trust God, stretch yourself, and persevere in the midst of challenging times. Fear is so deadly and disastrous. Fear steals your goals. Fear steals your progress. Fear steals your motivation. Fear steals your confidence in Christ. Fear steals your faith. Fear steals your physical and mental health. Fear brings on depression and even suicide. If you don't hurry up and turn to Jesus. Isaiah 41.10 is one of my favorite scriptures. It starts out by saying, fear not. Let's say it together, fear not. Fear. Fear again a little bit louder fear again fear here's, here's a new variant coming fear, fear that's right price of gas is going up fear price of beef is going up fear can't get a decent burger Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not is all through scriptures. Let me give you an example. You can just jot these down if you can. I'll just get happy with it. I had to control myself. I'm just showing you about fear and how God speaks against fear for the good of His people. Joshua 10:8 says, "And the Lord said to Joshua." do not fear them for i have delivered them into your hand not a man of them shall stand before you isaiah 43 1b says fear not for i have redeemed you which means you are mine joel chapter 2 verse 21 says fear not O land be glad and rejoice for the Lord has done great things. Matthew 10:31 says, Fear not, therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. Luke 2:10 says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Matthew 10, 28 says, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Genesis 15:1 says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. Abram, I am your shield. Your exceedingly great reward. Genesis 50:21 says, "Now therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you. you did you get that? I will provide for you. I will provide for you. I will provide for you and your little ones, your children and your grandchildren. I, do you know who I am? I'm God. I'm your Jehovah Jireh. I'm able to provide in the midst of the best of time and the worst of time. I am your provider. <laughs> and he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. I love Exodus 14, 13, which says, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Second Chronicles chapter 32, verses 7 and 8 says, Be strong! Dude, you can't be a wimp in the midst of this pandemic. Be strong! Say be strong! Be strong. Say, be strong. say be strong! I mean, say that like you mean it, be strong. be strong! I want you to participate in this message. Say be strong! Be strong. And of good courage! Amen. Do not be afraid, nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him. Don't worry about it being a whole bunch of them. For there are more with us than with him. With him is the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. How many of you know the Lord helps you? How many, how, many, how many of you have seen God fight your battles? He, he, he fights battles. He fights battles. And when he fights, he wins. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Proverbs three twenty four through 26 says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Some of you can't sleep because you're scary. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. I like that verse. Do not be afraid of sudden terror. Don't be afraid of government. Don't be afraid of fools. Don't be afraid of what you see before your eyes. Don't be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from wicked when it comes. There's some wicked folk in this nation. Verse 26, For the Lord will be your confidence And will keep your foot from being caught. Psalms 34.4 says. I sought the Lord. And he heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. Beloved. With all of these fear not scripture references. If you trust the word of God. You will not succumb to fear. Fear not. Fear not, for I am with you, beloved. Only when you forget that the Lord is with you, you will become fretful. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. Isaiah 41.10 says, I will strengthen you. Isaiah 41.10 says, I will help you. Isaiah 41.10 says, I will hold you up with my victorious Right hand. You can count on me. You can depend on me. You can trust me because I am your God. And beside you, there is none other. And all God's children said, Say, it. Amen. say amen. amen. Jesus is God all by himself. Father, thank you for this message. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this message on the astonishing love of God. You love us so much that you gave your one and only son to die on the cross, to suffer on that cross, to be buried and raised from the dead. And now we must reciprocate and love you back in the midst of pandemics. Love you back in the midst of racial unrest. To love you back in the midst of an immigration crisis. To love you back in the midst of fires and hurricanes and storms. To love you through it all. To trust you. To anchor in the Lord. In Jesus' name. And all God's children say it.
0: If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.